0: We know there are times where you're just too busy to sort through the mass of information that comes your way. So to make it easier for you to stay informed, subscribe to The Morning Agenda, WITF's news podcast, where the only agenda is you. Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like its Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The SPARC is also supported by UPMC Heart and Vascular Institute, where you get access to the most advanced treatment options, including a range of clinical trials. Learn more at upmc.com centralpaheart.
1: According to a report conducted by Turn Bicycles on diversity in the cycling industry, the bike company discovered that men occupy the majority of roles in the cycling industry, while women only account for 8% of bike workshop roles and 19% of customer-facing roles. Additionally, women... Only hold 40 percent of the cycling industry's administrative roles, but very few have progressed to senior leadership positions. And when we talk about folks on the road, 74 percent of people in urban ethnic minority groups currently do not cycle, despite 55 percent of them stating that they would like to start. And like I said, today we have with us Adriana Intensio to discuss this. And hello, Adriana. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Yeah, yes, indeed. So, uh, b- before we uh, get into uh, these uh, details and statistics about um, uh, bicycling and equity, can you tell us about the Common Wheel and its mission?
0: Absolutely. Um, so, the Common Wheel is a nonprofit community center and uh, co-op in Lancaster. We have two locations. We have our community center and shop, which is a full-service uh, bicycle shop. Where we sell refurbished and new bicycles and we also work on bicycles and then we have our co-op and donation center where uh, folks can come and rent stand time for five dollars an hour and get free guided repairs and then we also have uh, that space for our youth programming and then at our community center and shop that's where all of our adult programs t- programs take place so we try to meet people where their needs are. Um, Not everybody wants to work on their own bicycle. However, there is still that space, um, that space where where folks can come and and get that full service experience. Um, And then we also know that, you know, not a lot of folks can afford to work on their bicycle, but we have that option to come and rent that stand time and empower people to, be able to learn how to work on their bikes so they can still get out there and still utilize them as a really good form of transportation. And our mission is to revolutionize people and places using the energy and equity of bicycles.
1: And uh, we just got our youngest uh, a bicycle for for Christmas, uh, so uh, you'll be seeing uh, a, a lot of me because I am anticipating <laughs> a uh, a lot of bike repairs because uh, she's she's a rough one. Uh, so, um, so for yourself, um, how did you become involved with the Common Wheel?
0: yeah so i became involved with the common wheel about 10 years ago um, when it was in its infancy i was on its very first marketing committee started planning events later joined the board and then joined staff in 2017 and have been a part of it ever since then um so you know bikes weren't always kind of on my radar when i was young i was um end up involved in a crash with a bicycle Mm. and I didn't ride for, for many, many years. Um, but when I joined the board, I was like, you gotta, you gotta put on your big girl pants. You, you really need to start riding again. And when I did, um, it was terrifying because I would get on, on my bike and it was, it was hard, Mm. just physically very hard to ride, but it was also just mentally really hard to ride because you know a lot of drivers just don't feel as though bicyclists and other vulnerable road users have a right to be on the road Mm -hmm. they think that cyclists should be on the sidewalk Um, they also just don't like the idea of bike lanes existing Um, and there are a lot of very aggressive people out there so kind of getting over that mental hurdle uh, was really, really difficult, but I managed to do it. And now, um, now it's a good way for me to get my own aggressions out. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to be a driver around me and and uh, an act of fool because <laughs> you will, you will get the the Italian temper right back at
1: you. That's, <laughs> true, that's true. <laughs> Oh, understood. But, yeah, yeah, please, please continue. Uh,
0: but that, I think, has really fueled a lot of the advocacy work that I do in trying to make our road, our road safer for the most vulnerable among us. Because the data shows us that when we do make our roads safe for the most vulnerable among us, it makes the roads safer for everyone, including drivers. Mm. And I think um, what's really important to me, I'm a person that lives in Lancaster City. And for a really, really long time, you know, especially during white flight, for example, uh, designers and engineers treated our cities as a way to get people as fast th- through them as, as quickly as possible. So mm-hmm. they essentially turned our roads into highways um, with little regard to the people that actually lived here. But people do live here. They work here and they play here and with um with the city adopting vision zero which means we want to see zero deaths on the road by 2030 Mm. we have a responsibility to get folks to understand that you know our roads are a tool for us to be able to live play work and not just get people from point a to point b as quickly as possible um, so that's, it's, I think, a really special part of the common wheel is to be able to, to say, hey, folks, um, you know, the bicycle is a great vehicle for people to get from point A to point B, but it's also a great vehicle for joy, and it's a great way for people to realize that our cities are thriving, and uh, they're places for people to live, to play, to work, and not for people to just speed through Uh, kind of blindly Mm. that people are here
1: yeah, I remember um, growing up in Lancaster and and it was it was always e- expressed that uh, this is a drive through town it's a, it's a town that you that you drive through uh, like, like you said, that you speed through. Uh, you also brought up bike lanes and and, and I'm glad you did uh, because I want to um, uh, take this side note uh real here, and address the biggest misconceptions about bike lanes uh, because you see the gripes online, um, you hear the complaints so what are some of uh, the biggest myths about these uh, bike lanes and can you bust some of them?
0: Oh, so, you know, the biggest, the biggest myth is that nobody uses a bike lane. (laughs) (laughs) First and foremost. And let me tell you, people do use these bike lanes Mm. and a lot of people who are, you know, terrified of riding in the road, they ride in the bike lane and the bike lane is a great way for them to build their confidence To be able to say hey i am now ready to get into the vehicular lane of travel Mm. so um so we kind of see them as as a tool as kind of a, a stepping stone to to being more more confident to to getting to to that space where you know a lot of a lot of folks are like hey well you know being a vehicular cyclist is the only way to be a cyclist. Hmm. You know, I, for us, when we do education around cycling, we teach people how to, you know, look behind you how to signal all of these things. But there, I think is room for, for all of these different methods for riding in a bike lane for riding in the road. But I don't think there is any harm in teaching folks that like, hey, you can ride in a bike lane in a in a parking protected bike lane. Um, and, and building that confidence until people are really ready to be in the road amongst, you know, these aggressive drivers, because at this point in time, it is very, very difficult to get drivers to change how they are on the road. It is just it is just a a simple fact. Um, As much as I want to do that, and as much as I continue to try to do that, when you have people yelling at you, and I mean, this has happened to me to go home and die because I'm riding my bicycle Mm. uh, and taking the lane, which is my legal right, which I can explain that to them until I'm, you know, blue in the face. It's until we have more more people on bikes and until there is a true cultural shift we need people to be a little bit more comfortable in lanes etc so you know people do ride in lanes Mm -hmm. i had pictures of it i can prove it (laughs) and i think too you know it takes over 160,000 trips by bike to equal the impact that one car has on the road wow. in one year, and uh, you know we have some pretty crappy roads in Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> we we don't fund our our roads nearly as much as we should, right? So we have this constant impact from cars on the road. You should be thanking a cyclist, mm. I would say, for um, for eliminating trips that way that road maintenance doesn't need to happen nearly as often so i think people need to have a bit of a mind shift when it comes to when it comes to people riding bikes because um it could be your sister it could be your mother Mm. it could be i don't know just a human being and i think it's uh it's about being a little bit better a little bit of a better neighbor and just um just seeing a little bit more of the human that is on the bicycle instead of the, um, the the uh the time that it takes away from you getting to work, the twenty seconds that it mm. might add to your commute. Yeah.
1: So, um, uh, so so with that, um, um, and, uh, and we go go to our our next break in, in about a minute here. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, with that. What should drivers do when they are behind a cyclist?
0: They should wait. They should wait until it is safe to pass a cyclist. Mm. Um, State law is it is four feet to pass and you can you can cross the double yellow line to pass. So please wait until it is safe to pass because you are in a 2000 plus pound vehicle um, and that is—it's a pretty terrifying experience to have somebody buzz you, which is mm. you know what we call it when somebody gets too close. It's—it's it's really, really terrifying. Um, and you know, somebody like me who has become confident in this. It's not going to deter me from continuing to bicycle, but it could deter somebody who is who is not as experienced. Mm. And we don't want that. We want people to, to feel confident to continue to want to ride a bicycle because, you know, U.S. Census data tells us that uh, it costs $7,000 to $12,000 per year to run a motor vehicle. And that's money that people can spend on housing, that they can put right back into the economy. And that's a really, really good thing, mm. and cyclists spend more money locally than people who um, who drive. so that's my my thing is <laughs> let's follow state law and let's be let's be better neighbors to each other, and better humans overall in
1: In your opinion, uh, what can other cities and communities learn uh, from the work that Commonwealth is doing?
0: Ooh um that's a great question i think other cities can definitely learn from from our programming especially i mean we are we're here to to help as much as possible right mm-hmm. so for example we have a program called youth bike workshop where uh we charge a dollar for used parts and um we offer free guided repairs to any uh, any kid that is high school age and younger, and um, we intend to start working with middle schools, the middle schools especially, to see if we can um, use their, for example, um, the the Lincoln Lions. They they do lion dollars, mm. so to To see if we can start using like their dollars as as a form of currency for our dollars, right? Oh wow! Um, to encourage more positive behavior in in the middle schools as well, um, because we also realize that like some kids, it's it's just not even possible for them to have a dollar for a used part. Mm. And honestly, it does not really affect my bottom line that much. But um, for us, it's it's about creating that access, right? Um, so these. These kids, they bring in their bikes, and it's about making their bikes safe. Um, So we know that a lot of kids, especially in a school district like School District of Lancaster, we don't provide busing under two miles. Mm. So for a lot of kids, like my own kid who will be going to Lincoln next year, he's going to have a 1.7 mile commute. Um, I will not be driving him uh he will either be walking or he will be bicycling and he's not uh particularly thrilled about it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but he's gonna get used to it (laughs) and um so for a lot of kids this is again like essential transportation but Mm. it needs to be safe transportation so we are providing the service they come in we say hey you know like Have you been jumping curbs with your bike? Yes, miss. I have. Okay. Well, you need a new rim. You also need a new tire and you need a new tube. That'll be $3, which is the best deal in town. Right? So we coach them through putting on all this stuff. And then for $3, they have a bike that is functioning and that's getting them to and from school.
2: Mm.
0: Now, if we see a kid that has a bike, that is not gonna, not gonna cut cut it with uh with just a little bit of of repair and everything we get them into our earn a bike class which is actually for youth 11 to 21 Mm. uh, because our co-op is actually located right across the street from thaddeus stevens college of technology and it's not just high school age youth that need access to good transportation it's also college age youth Mm. Um, they face a lot of the same barriers right so um if if somebody who is 21 and below can prove that they are in school um, they are welcome to apply to the program and we have it on a sliding scale fee we value it at 250 dollars but many of our youth pay as little as ten dollars to be in the program and if that is a barrier we'll waive the fee because again it's it's about creating that access it's not about putting up barriers um Uh, it's a four-week program Mm -hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays, and um, they get to pick out a bike, and we teach them how to overhaul it, how to maintain it, how to ride it safely. And we have a financial literacy portion to the course as well. Um, after they get the bike that they worked on, helmet, lock, and light set. So it's about creating that access, giving people transportation that they need to get them to school, to work. To a friend's house, um, so they don't have to rely on parents who might have to be working two jobs, mm. who might might be absent. Who knows? But giving them giving them that power that they need, um, and also purpose. Uh, a kid with purpose is a lot safer than a kid without purpose. Indeed. Um, so it's it's really transformational in a lot of ways, and it also just gives them a lot of pride too. Mm. And especially the financial literacy portion, they are learning how much they are putting into their bicycle through their labor and through parts. Many find that they have put $400 worth of, of time, parts, et cetera, into it. And then they're much more apt to uh, actually lock up their bike. So I think other communities have seen, um, have seen the, impact that our programs have had and Mm. have actually approached us and say, Hey, can you make this happen where we are? And while I would love to do that, we are in the process of actually opening up our third location in Columbia uh, in in the spring of 2024. So that's keeping us a little bit busy. Mm. Um, However, I'd be more than happy to consult in, in helping other communities open up this type of model where they are. Um, because it really is transformational and revolutionary. Um, and it, you know, it, it does so much for a community, having kids learn how to do all these fantastic STEM skills, Mm -hmm. but also have ways to get around that are healthy, that create a lot of joy. And, um, promote friendships and. Uh, you know, just also get them outside off of their devices and things like
1: that. And that's 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 the main thing. And, and I feel like you were reading my notes here because I was literally about <laughs> about to say that. I, I was like, this, this is something that can get more kids outside, uh, which which uh, brings brings me to think about um, on on um, on Monday, on Tuesday when it was snowing and I told my youngest, I, I was like, hey, you know, why don't you go outside and play in the snow? And she was like, Dad, my friends are online. They're not outside. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, then kids don't play outside these days, I guess. And, and I'm looking at this program and, and, and I'm like, oh, OK, this, this is something that is going to get them, you know, off the devices and, and, and into the streets and and, you know, get that uh, good old good old air in your lungs. Uh, so um, looking ahead, uh, we have about a, a minute here left. So looking ahead, um, what are the key goals or projects uh, that, that the Will aims to undertake in the future, to to uh, enhance this equity in biking.
0: Yeah. So one of our, you know, we are opening in the spring of 2024 in Columbia, and that is that is really our focus right wow. now. However, um, one of the big things that we're we're hoping to do is actually purchase a sprinter van, mm. uh, because we know that rural communities use bikes just as much as city kids do for example. And what we want to do is condense our earn a bike class into a essentially like a six hour um, six hour course and bring it on the road.